Hello and welcome back to the Ideas Podcast, everyone. It's me, Tony, on the mic, and today I have a very special guest. I'm here with Lena Sitar of the Ideas Journal, Editor-in-Chief. Hi, what's up? Hi, I'm happy to be here. I'm really glad that we got to do this. So, what are we here to talk about today? So, we're actually here to talk about a new issue of the journal. It was just released on artificial intelligence. And important for this episode is that if you haven't read it yet, please go and read it first, because this will be talking about the process and how the idea originated and everything. So make sure you read that first. And this is a spoiler warning for everyone. Read the article first. Exactly. The whole journal first. The whole thing. So tell me, why AI? Why did you gravitate towards AI? I know it's, you know it's become more of a popular thing nowadays, but in terms of ideas relating to AI, why did you choose that for the journal? Well, I think, especially as students at JFKS, we use a lot of technology here. We have the library with computers. A lot of the projects we have include using laptops or phones. And AI in general, so artificial intelligence, is incorporated in our daily lives, in school and education, but also outside. And I think the fact that artificial intelligence has such a huge database for information, it's really important that we make sure that this information is safe, that it's accurate, and that it's not misguiding. So I think that this journal is really there to help guide people through not only students and parents, but also teachers and adults in general, and see what AI is really capable of and how you can use it properly and responsibly. Now talk to me a little bit about the actual content of the journal. So you're telling me every single article was written by AI? Yeah. So. At a first glance, the journal may look like a typical journal, which I guess it is. It has the normal um, content, so you have a poem, you have a short story, you have letter from the editors and articles. But at the end, you will notice that the credits are actually blank. And this is because we don't actually have all of these authors. We have more or less one author, which is an AI. You probably have heard of it, ChatGPT. So this is a website that you can go to and it's a conversational thread with an artificial intelligence and you ask it to write things for you you detail what exactly you want and it gives you a response so I use this process for the entire journal and that's why it differs a lot from our typical process how long did that take you to put together well it was only a matter of three or four hours and this is writing all of the articles the short story the poem also in general to brainstorm for the journal because it's not only the content but it's also the ideas behind the journal so for example when I started this I only started with the actual topic I thought artificial intelligence in the education system but the first thing I did was I asked it brainstorm 10 topics of articles that we could discuss related to this theme and that's what it gave me so from the actual journal title it did everything else yeah, it's a lot. It's yeah, yeah. really fascinating. While using it, it's kind of overwhelming with how much it can do and how yeah, well it can do it. Definitely. Now, you open up the journal with a quote by Sebastian Thrun, mm-hmm. a German-American computer scientist. He says, AI has the potential to democratize education, making it more accessible and affordable for all. Now, given our setting here as a school, given that this is a school journal, what do you think... AI, what implications do you think AI is going to have for school life going forward? Maybe even Mm -hmm. just particularly here at JFKS. Yeah. So before we discuss this, just real quick, the AI AI actually chose the quotes too. So not only the quotes, but also the information about who quoted them. So it did really 
absolutely everything. And I think it's a really powerful quote and especially pertains to the idea's um, mission because it makes it more accessible and affordable for all. So for example, this is one of the articles in the journal talks about this too. It's for students with disabilities or different ways they want to learn or at a different pace because in school normally in a classroom you don't really can't really cater to all students and types of learning and neurodiversity. It's really just the main student and you go off of what does the majority like. But this doesn't work for everyone and you can see that through all the students struggling. So by using this technology, it kind of evens out the playing ground. It gives you fair chances. It gives you different opportunities and methods to teach and learn as well. Now, because I like to be a little bit of a critic, a little bit of a hater, what kind of dangers or pitfalls do you see for AI in, as it pertains to school, for example? I'm glad you mentioned that because we also have an article talking about how to make sure that the information you're getting from the internet, which is again a huge database, is accurate information and you're using it responsibly. So one of the things I thought was really interesting is on the website, if you go to ChatGPT, it has a really good description of like how this works, what the project is, what the aim is, and that it's still a work in development. But one of the warnings is there's a disclaimer about how this ChatGPT is prone to have stereotypes and enforce biases that are wrong. So this could be like including sexism, ableism, racism, all of the above, and even more. And I thought this was really interesting because this shows a clear danger of using an AI. So there's this one example I saw of someone who used the AI to write computer programming. They asked it to create a programming method to program something in Python. So it asked ChatGPT to write a Python function to check if someone would be a good scientist. And what the output that ChatGPT gave was really terrifying, kind of, because it wrote a function where it checked the input if someone wrote in that the person in question was white and a man. If they were white and a man, it would give you the output that they would be a good scientist. If it didn't, it would automatically say it would be a bad scientist. So this mm -hmm. is a very clear and strong example of how this is actually incredibly harmful. Yeah, yeah, and, and going along with that, I mean, you might have seen this, but I read something or heard something in the news, something like that, that the developers behind OpenAI and also ChatGPT actually had to cut back on some of the you know performance output of the AI because it was too good in some instances. Like people were getting it to write SQL injections, so like malicious hacks and stuff like that, and you know faking all sorts of things. And because of that, the AI has lost a lot of its function or isn't at its full capability. Did you notice that at all when you were like composing or like scripting these articles that they had this sort of samey quality to them or that there was like some repetition or that at some points because you had so much exposure to the AI's writing style that you noticed, okay, this does sound kind of artificial, this does sound manufactured? Yeah, I think that's really important because it is something you notice when you start using it. So I think a first step to really understanding what this is, because this whole topic is very overwhelming, just figuring out what it is capable of. But I think the best way to do this is to go onto the website and try it out yourself. And when you do, like you said, it does give responses that are quite repetitive, like using the same phrasing, wording, um, similar structure and paragraphs wise. But I think it really depends on what your input is. So if you give it something that 
is a really vague prompt, it'll give you something kind of vague back. But the more detail you give it, the better the response is. Hmm. Okay. Because like one instance where I guess it could get problematic or it could blur a few lines is college applications, the college mm-hmm. essay. I mean, both you and I were 12th grade. We're on our way out soon. But um, for future generations, I know that my college essay was very personal and it's stuff that I don't think an AI could write. Maybe if it knew those details about me, it could. But going forward, do you think that schools will have to like adapt to this new form of like college essay writing? Do you think maybe we'll write them in person now instead of typing them up? Or what kind of consequences do you foresee if you, know, <laughs> you want to give a statement on that? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think colleges definitely, they might see this as a battle against the AI and the AI threatening to the like entire belief system, um, which I guess it kind of is in a way. But I think essays or like college essays like these that are supposed to be personal, yes, an AI can write it, especially if you give a very detailed prompt, but what's really important is that it's coming from you. So even though the AI, when it gives you a response, it's grammatically correct and everything, probably has some good content, but I think what really makes a college essay authentic is that it's coming from you, they're your words. It's your you know type of style. And even though while writing articles, you can even tell the AI to give you a prompt well, not a prompt, but like a response with a specific tone, like you can quite literally tell it, um, write this in a sarcastic or sassy tone, and it will. But I think it's really different coming from a human, which is also why, even though we wrote this journal um, using an AI as to prove a point, really, we won't be doing this for future journals because the entire point of the idea's mission is that it's coming from a group of students to really offer their perspectives and experiences which you can really only do through humans exactly that's a good point that's a really good point now the journal closes out with a few references and uh, highlights of different media um, showcasing ai yeah all of the recommendations for nonfiction, fiction and descriptions of the books that's all ai now even with that is there one that stands out to you is there was there some instance of you coming in contact with ai fiction in the past that also helped inspire you to make this journal? Well, I think in, especially in high school, a lot of the books we read in English class have kind of a dystopian genre, and a lot of them involve technology in the future, what it might look like. For example, um, 1984, I guess, that's a lot about technology and influencing. It kind of, well, dystopian, the whole thing about it is that it's very, you know, grim and... um, depressing but there's also a novel like the handmaid's tale which also shows what surveillance could look like in the future so i think this really shows the aspect of how much humans fear ai and technology because of what is capable of and also the matter of at what point is it controlling us instead of us controlling it that that is a really good statement i think to end on that was a really good contribution now as is usual in ideas, we like to give our listeners something they can take home and something they can dissect themselves. Now, of course, one, that is going to be the journal, if they haven't done it already. And two, is there any type of media you could recommend that um, you'd like to share with the ideas listeners on AI? I'll have to think about that. You can ask AI to... <laughs> yeah, you can ask AI, for you sure. AI. You can just go on that chat GPT and ask it, and it will give you probably some very good suggestions. Well, there we have it. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Thank you, Lena, for being a part of it. It was a pleasure. And yeah, we'll catch you all in the next one. See ya.